some scary shit. Hello. That was terrible. Podcast people. <laughs> oh my god, that was so terrible. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm coming after um out of you know after work fatigue. But hello, hello. We are we are back with another episode of um, Scary Crit. Uh, I'm your host, Jared, and I'm your other host, Lauren. And Yay. this is the Black Horror Podcast. You know, possibly your favorite. If it is, we are very flattered by that. So how was how are you? How was your weekend? My weekend was fine. It was fine. There's a lot going on. A lot of um, moving parts and pieces. A lot of moving parts. And, you know, I am grateful for the people that I work with because they constantly remind me to assess my life. Right? Mm. And every Monday I have a check-in um, with my supervisor and the first thing she says to me is like, what is your workload like? What is your workload like? And how do you feel about it? I adore that. Yep. I appreciate her so much because it's forcing me to one, actually take a realistic stock of all of the things that I am doing. Right. And it prevents me from over committing. Right. I think that just that dive is in. A, right. <laughs> and as I've gotten older, I realize that that is a form of um, self-sabotage. Because if you overcommit, then you can't, you either can't do the thing to the, to the quality and the standard that you know that you can do the thing. So then you tell yourself that you fail or you can't do the thing at all because you have overcommitted to so many other things. And so, because you can't do it, you tell yourself that you fail and then you don't want to do it anymore. It's like a, it's like a oh self-fulfilling prophecy of failure. Short circuit. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I'm glad that you're having like that, that check-in. Yeah. You can, you can really see it because yep. Um, I think with um, the roles we both have, that comes with the territory where we just, like I said, we just jump right in and we just get at it. And then we don't realize how deep we are until like things start falling apart. And it's like, what happened? Yeah. Oh, you, you, um, you thought you could take it all on because, you know, that's your, that's your job, but um, you didn't properly assess the situation. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's really important to have like those kind of, um, clear check-ins, um, yeah. those transparent check-ins and like those boundaries. Cause you want to be the best at your job, but you can't do that. If like you're, you're drowning. Right. So, you have to take care of yourself first in order to do anything. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, our next podcast is going to be <laughs> personal growth. <laughs> How to survive <laughs> at work. Oh my God. The EA edition. <laughs> that's, our, that's essentially what you are too, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, because I'm an executive assistant. Lots of lots of hats. Like I said, like I my workstation was was crazy today. I'm taking Zoom calls um, from my personal laptop because let's face it, the camera's better. Um, and then my work laptop is just used for everything else, like all the clerical stuff, all the note taking, all the scheduling that were that was coming in during the meetings that had nothing to do with the meetings and just all this stuff. But I felt I felt good. I felt like I'm I'm working, I'm doing this, but oh Lord, I just I had to take a breather. Like, wow. We need to I think I need to do some of that um assessing that you mentioned. But yes, um so you had a busy weekend because you were freaking at um, Tribeca, the film it festival. Was. Little I jealous here. Little it jealous. Rained, but it was fine. <laughs> oh my God, it did rain. I'm so sorry. Uh, well, no, because we were inside, thank goodness. Um, but my job, I work at a 
production company um, called Auburn Pictures, and they produced last year produced a film called Primera that was that is about um, the Chilean uprisings from last year. I don't know if anybody remembers, but do you remember when the the students protested the subway fare hike, and then all the stuff that followed? The subway fare hike. No, I can't. Um, I don't so recall. last year in Ch- in Chile, the government um, increased the subway fare by thirty pesos, and the like the college students and the high school students basically like stormed the subway. Right, because I mean, college is already expensive enough. Now you all make the commute. But it wasn't even like it was that, but also it was it was like the what do they kept saying? Um, the drop that overfilled the cup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because the regime, mm-hmm. the government in Chile is so terrible that for 30 years they had like the healthcare system is terrible in Chile. The public education system is awful. Um, there's no pension. So like there's no securities for people that are like everyday working people and raising the fair was just like the, the final straw. So the, the students revolted and then it kind of ignited the entire country to rise up against the government. It's called Primera. If you would like to watch it, <laughs> Google it. It's, it's a really powerful, um, excuse me, documentary about what happens when the, the proletariats kind of come together, you know? Yes. Cheers to the proletariat. I love it. Take it down. Um, Take it down. Take it down (laughs) and build a new system. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Um, No, that's good. Yeah, I have. Hopefully I can go next year with you. That'll be fun. Shrebeka Film Festival. That'll be fun. Um, My weekend was um, a little more lax. Um, I... Let's see. I got I got swept up by uh, Netflix's um, Love, Death, and Robots. Um, I am very behind. I'd never seen it before, but you know I'd heard about it, and I decided to take a look because I was going through one of those things where it's like, what am I going to watch? Like, what do I want to do? What's <laughs> what's going on? I haven't been on Netflix in a while. Let's check it out. Because um, after the mess of the ending that was behind her eyes, I just needed a refresher. I'm just like, I need a I need a um, palate cleanser because what the mess was that. Um, and Love, Death, the Robots, I was thinking was going to be, you know, like typical Netflix spare, like 45 minutes to an hour an episode. And I'm just like, am I ready for that kind of commitment right now? <laughs> um, but then I saw that it was short form and um, like like Adult Swim, like um, like 12 to 15 minutes. Tangent, I am not on there, but um, TikTok has a... Uh, I love it. The, the- <laughs> Yes. Adult Swim trend going on. And when I tell you, I just, I love it. I love it so much because Adult Swim, I I grew up on Adult Swim. Um, That network, their shows means a lot to me, like from like, uh, what, from like early 2000s to maybe like, uh, well, a little past 2011, but early 2000s was like where it was at. And like those bumps and just seeing like um, this generation, new generation, like take that. And and the fact that a lot of people did not know what Adult Swim bumps were and had to look it up. I was just like, what is going on? But I just, I love the homage that is being paid. It's really beautiful. But um, yeah, Love, Death, and Robots reminded me of Adult Swim because of the short form length and then the um, the um, 
it was just the diversity of storytelling for me, like the the different animation, like all the different plots, and it was different. Um, I think the person who adapted majority of the um, stories was the same, but um, the story, like the people who wrote the stories or came with them were different. And it was just like, it's all international. And it's just, it was, oh my God, so many of them, I want to see like, uh full-length features for like the the one about the um werewolf soldiers the um one involving the um the monster fighting with the human consciousness um inside like um for money um the one about the witness where he killed the girl and then he looked over and in the apartment across the street another girl who looks just like the one he killed saw the murder and that the, oh my god it was there were so many that were so the one where they um went through like that um the not time rift but like the hyperspace or whatever and woke up somewhere and it was like this um something's wrong and just i don't know like the animation was beautiful the storytelling really gripped me um oh i think one of my favorites like one of the definitely top three was the one about dracula fire fire just like the animation is so good and the storytelling was it really lit like inspiration inside me because as a writer i get really caught up in the rapture <laughs> of yeah, things rapture. of things needing to be um like long and like very you know like full length and um i i forget you know that things can be short form or like shorts or short stories and um it just it really inspired me and like made me want to write something or know like it can look like this and um it was it was really beautiful so i that was really fun for me um like you said it rained um chris evans turned 40 years old yesterday <laughs> so happy birthday well happy belated now that it's it's monday that we're recording this but um hope you had a happy birthday um crazy me that like he's he's 40 but um i think it's really beautiful and he wears it very well what watched creep show on shutter so good i do like creep show i do overall i do because the anthology horror i do like it i i i I mess with it heavy we should move on to the necronomicon so so i'm gonna take it off the shelf opening it opening it up and um nothing really horror related guys but uh we do want to talk about like uh i guess some culturally relevant information yeah relating to television so i'll start um this past week um and over the weekend um was insecure's last week of filming so like jay ellis i think was one of the first of the principal cast to rap and then it was um yvonne orgy who plays molly uh jay ellis plays lawrence and um yvonne and princess penny who was the showrunner they wrapped the same day and then of course last but not least was um isa ray herself who wrapped i think um saturday morning um very early in the morning i think it was like 4 30 a.m when they wrapped and it's just it's just it's very bittersweet um it's very sad because insecure um for me personally has been uh, such a special show it's it's like um even though um when it started i was i was like 22 
Um, and, and the character of Issa, I think, was just turning 30. So I'm not now I'm getting there now at 27, but five years ago, I wasn't there yet. So I couldn't relate to everything of like the turning 30 experience, but I really, it really did represent a lot of, um, I would say me and my peers on screen and just like what that experience was like and just seeing how, seeing a character um, who I can relate to and, and looks like me and my friends and who doesn't have it all together and it's trying was really empowering. And just like the comedy of the show, the drama of the show, um, how relatable it was, but also how much it elevated the culture and how unapologetically Black it was. And I think I read something where Issa said um, she wanted it to be um, undeniably Black, but she didn't want it to be like, uh, she didn't want that to be like the focus she didn't want to put like a microscope on it the show was just that way because that's just how it was not because that's you know what it was made to be like in the five years that it's been on air which is crazy because 2016 was freaking five years ago um it's just start when we started grad school oh my this is what i was getting ready to mention i'm getting ready to get back to that this is one of the reasons why that show is so important to me um or so special to me but it started the fall after i had moved from all the way from colorado to here to jersey by myself um like starting completely anew i knew no one i was new here i knew no one i was starting i was like doing a very adult thing at like 22 years old like a whole move of myself and um then here comes this show um on hbo with um characters who look like me and my friends and it looks like this really funny comedy but looks like they're doing a lot of like um good work with like the themes and just watching it was it felt like I was I even though I'm an adult it felt like I grew up with the show like I grew up with the characters um like where Issa I think it was the end of season three where um after she had moved out of her old apartment because she could no longer afford the rent relatable um and she moved into her new apartment um, that kind of mirrored me because I had to move out of mine for like the same reason. And that's where, and you know, that's why I am where I am now. And it's just like all this, I don't know. I just, I really love Insecure. I'm sad that it's ending, but I am so, so grateful for all the stuff that it has brought um, for the culture and all the uh, Black writers and creators it, and creatives it has inspired. And like the fact that there were a bunch of assistants on the show that now have writing credits, like by the end of it, either on the show or um, off the show on other um, shows on like different networks. And it's just like, this This has been like a really big, uh, um, like I, I would say like pinnacle for the cultures and, and black creatives and like right up there with like Atlanta. And uh, I'm just, I'm very happy for Issa and crew. And um, I, I really hope to work with her one day. <laughs> um, that would be really nice. But I, I just really want to give Issa Ray her flowers and say thank you for like uh, the eight years of like beautiful hard work. And that um, I hope that it continues and that you really know how um, special you are to like the community and the culture. Because like you did that, like you did, you did that. So cheers to insecure i cannot wait till when it airs but yeah i'm gonna be really sad when like we watch that that like the series finale just seeing those words on the screen is really gonna make me sad because it was just like pose last sunday that did you watch that ended nope are you caught up i'm still behind them no (laughs) okay what season are you even on the last season 
No. Oh, well, never mind. Well, you, hey, you, hey, Marathon, I don't know, but you got some stuff you can watch. <laughs> but yeah, Pose ended uh, really beautiful ending, but also really sad because it just ended. It ended so soon. I felt like it had so much more in it. But I think the pandemic and other stuff behind the scenes really you know, cause that decision to happen. But they sounded like they ended on their own terms and they told the story that they wanted to tell. Same as Issa. She knew that it was, she knew when she wanted it to end. She knew how she wanted it to end. She got to end it her own way. And I think as a creative, that is so beautiful. And that, that is like a, a power within itself where you can end on your own terms. So Pose's ending was really beautiful. Um, it was broken up into two parts. I had no idea that there was a second part. So the ending of part one, I thought that was it. And I'm like, I really do not when I have to get on the internet here and lambast the girls. But luckily <laughs> I read the comments and it was like, there's a part two. Cause they were talking about scenes I hadn't seen. I'm just like, Oh, well, this is a, this is a, a fluke on um, like the streaming services part. Cause I didn't know what was going on, but yeah, it's like this, the past week, two really beautiful um, series ended. And it's just like, damn, all good things do come to an end, but what an ending. Although we've come- Oh, I was thinking of Nelly Furtado. Nelly Furtado? Yeah. Oh, good. I, I forgot how it goes. I'll put, I'll put songs up there, but we're two different people. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but moving on to what you were going to say. Um, what was your, because um, I did Insecure. What were you going to Oh, my chapter in the Negronomicon. <laughs> did I get a chapter this week? <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little more aggressive than I meant it to be. That's fine. It's hey. Um, so years and years ago, I watched this show on HBO called In Treatment. And it is, if you haven't seen it, right? It's a show that's based, it's like a drama series that's basically that about this, it centers this therapist, and it's like half an hour episodes, and each episode is a um like we get to see that we get to sit in on the session, right? And it was in, I think it premiered in 2008. So I probably shouldn't have been watching the show, but I was. <laughs> and um, it ended after three seasons, but it was really good. So, and it started, what's his name? G- Gabriel, Gabriel Byrne, the Irish dude. But anyways, so they brought it back. And I was very excited that they brought it back because I love this show. And then they brought the therapist as Uzo Aduba and I lost my mind, lost my mind. The show is so good. I am knee deep in this new season and you don't have to watch any of the other three seasons to be, to understand what's going on in season four. Also it's connected because, um, this therapist knows Paul, the original therapist, which is I very exciting. <laughs> right. So there's so much going on. And then Anthony Ramos is in it, who is in everything now. He's so handsome. He's so handsome. And then Quintessa Swindell is in it, who is amazing. It's all it's all so good. I had no idea that um in treatment was a show all the way back from 2008. Yeah, I had no it had idea. Three original seasons. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. When it came out, I was thinking like it was one of those things or oh, maybe it like aired two years ago and they just I, I had no idea that it nope. was an old show. That's awesome. But I I love how 
I love how um, today in society, like we are seriously, like we're talking about mental health and we are taking it very seriously. And, and it's made it to like these, um, like the beautiful art form of uh, primetime television um, or wait, HBO wouldn't be primetime. That's like ABC. What would HBO be again? Premium, premium, premium television. But yeah. so that's the other good thing. They drop all of the episodes at once. Yes, like we every adore week that. You get four episodes. We stand that because I be sometimes it gets it be, it's it gets it torturous waiting. I don't know. <laughs> back to what you were saying about like Love, Death, and Robots. It's so refreshing that these are only like half an hour. I get in, I get out. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. Please do not get me wrong. I love a good. 40 45 minute 50 you know an hour i don't like um with um um i and invince invincible on amazon prime you know i i do like long episodes but sometimes it is really nice and again growing up on adult swim is really nice to have like those 12 15 minutes or if we're doing you know if we're um if it's like a a regular television show about commercials like the 20 or so minutes mm-hmm. yeah yeah, HBO is really with all the stuff. But so in treatment, I know I need to watch because I did see the um, when they dropped the the trailer for it. Um, I mean, I saw Uzo and I was just like, okay, I'm, that's all. That's all I need. <laughs> that's all I need as a therapist. That's it. That's all I need. But it looks really good. It looks really. It's gonna. It's gonna tear me up. It's gonna mess me up, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Great. I, we love that. We stand that because <laughs> I'm not broken enough as it is. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, but okay, are we are we good? Are we? I think so. Do you want to introduce our film of the week? You you would make me introduce our this. Film of the week. Class, why do we why do we even watch this now? Because I'm over here like really trying not to watch it between my fingers. Like what? okay, wait a minute. <laughs> like why I've are see- you watching it between your fingers? Like I've seen this movie before several times, but really only in like bits and pieces because I just be like I'd be looking away or I'd be like squirming. Like it's just so uncomfortable. It, folks, we are talking about um, a movie from 1990 um, called Arachnophobia. Um, yes, that movie. Um, if you guys know what it is, so um, if you if you guys actually do have arachnophobia, like little old me, then you know that this is a very. Have you seen eight eight legged freaks? Now look, now now listen, listen. I mean, we gave the people uh, a zombie doubleheader last week. We could we could keep going down this rabbit hole. Listen, okay. I just eight legged freaks was okay because I had you had David Arquette, you had CGI spiders. It was it was a comedy. It was a comedy. Um, you even had Scarlett Johansson in there, which is like crazy to me because it's just like you really see how like how they started like where they are now it's crazy because black widow getting ready to come out oh my god more spiders anyway um it's just it's too much they're everywhere um but yes um i did not watch eight-legged freaks in the same way as i watched arachnophobia or i didn't experience the two the same because i would say you know giant cgi spiders that are clearly cgi is a lot different from Something that could actually happen to you? We're we're not going to speak that (laughs) into existence. We're we're just going to move right along. So this was um, 
It was a black comedy horror film directed by um, Frank Marshall. It starred Jeff Daniels, who y'all might know from Dumb and Dumber and uh, 101 Dalmatians. And um, also John Goodman, who we know from... Um, our childhood? <laughs> yes, our childhood. Um, he voiced Sully on Monsters, Inc. Um, he played... He like actually scared me in Tin Cloverfield Lane, which is incredible range. Let's talk about that. Um, but yeah, this movie came out um, in 1990, um, and it, the story was by Jan. I'm sorry, Don Jacoby and Al Williams, and the screenplay was written by Don and then Wesley Strick. So. To give you all a little synopsis, we start off in the jungles of uh, Venezuela, where we have a... Insert jungle music. Or jungle noises. (laughs) Enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where you have the... um, Even a chuckle? I mean, I laughed in my head. But where you have the... um, Wow. Sorry, shade. (laughs) Where you have the um, entomologist... um, James Atherton, um, who is traveling with um, a photographer named Jerry Manley. And they're, they've gone to find, you know, um, a new species of butterfly, you know, take photographs of it and study them, you know, as entomologists are wont to do. Um, and while, you know, they have, they're gassing the butterflies out of the trees, you know, um, they gas um, a very big spider and decide to take it back since, you know, the entomologist doesn't know the species. So, of course, he wants to study it, you know, because, of course, of course. So, <laughs> um, what? So they take one of the uh, dead spiders back with them. Well, wait, actually, one of the no. alive spiders. And, it was on accident. No, no, hold on. They took, they took one alive, but then the other one, who I think was like the, 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 I'm a, the king, basically, of like their little community, their pyramid community, spider house, whatever, um, <laughs> stows away on like their their cargo back to their campsite, where it then bites the photographer who dies from the bite, and then so they ship his body back to um, Canaima, California, where the spider stows away, and then you know once castaways, uh, so we once are the- castaways. <laughs> Um, no, Tom Hanks. So what? In- no, you're not. Oh, you're not on TikTok. It's the backyard again. Into the thick of it. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the spider, you know, makes it back to California, you know, California. And um, a bird picks it up as it escapes the morgue. And of course, the spider says, I'm not about that noise. So it bites the bird and it drops the the bird corpse and the spider drop into like the the yard of like the new doctor and his family who have moved in and basically the spider, you know, freaking mates with the house spider or a domestic spider in the barn. And, you know, they have the children who then run rampant with their father's, you know, lethal bite and, you know, start wreaking havoc. So basically what makes this really interesting to me, and I couldn't frame it as this, I couldn't see it as this because I was so freaking scared was the fact that it is really the classic, like, uh, like, um, like alien, uh, invasion, invasion introduced into, you know, like the small tight knit community that spreads out, but it's spiders. So yeah, the movie is, it was marketed, which I think was really funny. It was marketed as a thrill comedy, which did not go over well with the 
general public because they're like, what the hell is this? So it didn't really make too much money, but it it, it, it kind of got mixed critical reception. It wasn't $53 million at the box office. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at that in terms of 2021. In the, in 1990, on a $22 million budget, that was pretty good because that it means came right. It's like it ranked third after like Ghost and Die Hard too, and no one was beating Ghost and Die Hard. Oh Lord, it came out with Ghost. Oh my Lord, Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> and Die Hard too. Wow, I saw the first one uh, for the first time over Christmas. Such a good film, and this it is Christmas. Yes, and it is a Christmas film. It is. Oh my God. It is. Even though it was released in like the middle of freaking summer, it is. I a feel film. like you should have a whole separate entertainment situation of just watching things you should have watched years ago. I don't think people need to see that because they don't need to know how <laughs> sheltered and behind I am. <laughs> Except when I, you know, mention it uh, offhand in conversation. But yes, I saw Die Hard. I really like the character of. Um, God damn Bruce it. Willis. What was his character's name? I don't remember. I just know that man's name is Bruce Willis. Yes, Bruce Willis, but his character in Die Hard, I really liked him because he wasn't the, at the time when it came out, he wasn't like the the, the typical, he wasn't no Arnold, okay? He was very like, you know, um, definitely not average Joe, but he, compared to Arnold, you know, he wasn't that muscled up, like super tough and virile and you John McClane. Yes, John McClane. He was John McClane, who was like um kind of like um average bodied, um, but still kind of like fit athletic. Um he wasn't, you know, he wasn't um like he didn't tower over anyone. Um he didn't have like that that threatening manner. He was still like tough. I, I just really like the brand of masculinity and like the kind of um man they like brought in with John McClane to kind of counter that that hyped up crazy masculinity that was like in demand at that time. No offense against Arnold. Cause you know, it, 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 it still works its purpose today, but I'm just saying like, when you introduce John McClane, he was, he, he, I feel like a lot of more men could relate to him. And it's just, it, I don't know. I really liked his character, especially where it was just like a regular type of guy who was just in this crazy situation then you had freaking alan rickman as the antagonist oh my god that was there was just so much going on but yes i'd never and mr winslow was the police officer oh my god oh my god i love i loved i loved him and john's like relationship like when they hugged at the end i just i love that i oh yeah die hard die hard man um it, it gave me life over the Christmas holidays. But back to the spiders. Um, so yeah, this movie was marketed as, you know, a thrill-omedy. The audience didn't know really what to do with that. It kind of got mixed reviews, critical reception, but it did pretty good at the box office. And it's, I don't know if it's been called a cult classic or anything, but um, I don't know. I do have arachnophobia, so it's very hard to watch because those were actually like, um, except, I mean, the really big one, certain some scenes it was like animatronic, but those 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 like the the offspring, the little ones, yeah. those are freaking and real. Fun fact, yeah, they were real spiders, and no spiders were killed during this production, which I think is very interesting. Anytime that there was a dead carcass of a spider, it was a spider that had already died of like natural causes, and they just used the body. I will I will commend them for that because you know the spiders were on payroll. 
they were working hard <laughs> just as anyone else. So, you know, paid in their money. Um, don't kill him. But yeah, I was just like, there you go. Cause I'm, uh, I'm like, I'm very, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not Jill Scott when it comes to spiders because she said like in her song, like the fact is I need you. She's like, I can kill the spider above my bed, but it's hard because I'm scared. Actually, I am Jill Scott because I'm terrified, but I can't kill it. I'm like, I will run from this room. I will escape because it's the, it's the spider's room now. But anyway. Not if the spider's room yeah, watch this movie. I've watched it before when I was a kid. I've watched it before as an adult, but it is each time and it's very hard for me to get through because it is just so like it's that fear. It just, oh God, just it's gross. You know, some people have like that. I forget the, what the word is, but like that fear of like holes. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, do you have that? Oh, you I have do. it. So there we go. So that's, yeah, that's how I feel about spiders. So um, we wanted to bring this movie up because, I mean, it's a it's it's a it's a creature feature, but like a real creature, not like a fictional one. Um, well, the actual species was you know wasn't in the movie that was fictional, but these spiders, you know, they they were like Jeff Daniels up in here actually working with real spiders. Um, I think the only one he was afraid of was uh, um, the big one, who they, I think they nicknamed Big Ben um, or Big Bob. I think they yeah nicknamed it Big Bob. Um, which was like a bird eating tarantula, <laughs> which are gigantic. Mm-hmm. So um, he w- he was afraid of that one, but he wasn't afraid of like the small ones from like Australia. John Goodman didn't go. F- he wasn't he wasn't afraid at all. And I'm like, I commend you because I-, I couldn't have done it. I'd be like, I can't do this movie. I would have told my agent, no. <laughs> I'd have grabbed my purse on my Viola Davis and walked out like no I'm not doing this but the movie was it's after you if you can get past your fear maybe it is maybe it's made even more fun because of the fear but after you get past that it is actually a very fun movie um and I loved how they were able to like uh like they were how they were piecing everything together like because with this movie you're you're encountering stuff like small town politics and like yeah. popularity you're encountering things like um they touched on capitalism a little bit because um when they moved um his uh ross's dr ross that's the main character his wife molly um they they were from san francisco you know the big city so she had a she had a city job where it's like an office job so um i feel i feel like she worked she may have worked in sales for some reason but it was definitely like you know 90s with the with the pleated skirts and the hard suits and the yeah. you know the christmas dinners and the uh, uh bonuses and cuz you know this is I'm um, taking from line of dialogue but she had this big job he was a doctor um, he got a job as a doctor in Canaima, California, which is a small town. So they moved there. But after they moved there, he finds out the doctor who's already in like practice doesn't want to retire. He actually wants to stay because he's like addicted to the popularity. So that puts a strain on their finances because they can't move back. All their money has gone into the house they just moved into and the office that they're now renting. And even though the the wife doesn't have a job anymore, she's saying, I can work from home, kind of what we're doing in this year of the Lord 2021 during Corona. Um, like I can just get my fax machine. I can call old clients. I can work from home. And Dr. Ross, you know, being like the you know, the breadwinner, the man, the patriarch is like, no, (laughs) I'm the man. I will make this work. We'll get more patients. We'll do something. So it's just like, as a, cause I, something I told Mel was 
watching it for this for our show i actually had to watch the movie i had to study it and and after doing that i was like oh wow that's actually really deep where i didn't i didn't i didn't ever think about like the 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 predicament they were in by the doctor putting a stop on their bag basically and then you and then you throw in the fact that you know um once that because they don't know about them yet but once the spiders start biting people and they start you know dropping like flies um dr ross starts to get a bad reputation because the first two that did it after he had examined them um they happened to be bitten by the spiders and they died so it's just like he earned the name dr death so you're dealing with um small town politics and like the power of popularity in a small town um and then another thing was uh i really like the characterization in this movie like everyone had like a specific role to play almost like archetypes you could say mm-hmm. um like none more so than i would say john goodman's character is like the uh the exterminator yeah like yeah. uh which uh delbert delbert um and clinton delbert wasn't there a wasn't there a newspaper strip like comic strip back in the day called Dilbert. 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 Oh my God. It was called Dilbert with his little glasses. That takes me back. <laughs> that takes me back to 90s Denver, Colorado. My goodness, with the newspaper on the stoop. That's crazy. But yes, uh, his name is Delbert, though, in this movie. But he was just like, everyone had a role to play, even down to. Um, the um entomologist um who was very you know like not not clerical very like sciency um which got him killed because it's like he really put himself up his bait basically and got and got got by the spider i'm just like you're not invincible here why are you why are you why are you anita ward ringing the bell (laughs) above the web because the vibrations will attract the what are you doing don't do that um or his assistant because of course the assistant is sent first to do the dirty work but yeah i just i really like how this movie was very like uh it definitely had that 90s vibe with the comedy yeah it definitely did um so um i think the one thing that i looking at because i haven't watched this film in a long time mm -hmm. But watching it again, I think I realized that this could have been several different films if they had written it differently. Um, because I think in I think someone who just wanted to make a movie would have made Attack of the Killer Spiders. And it wouldn't have the longevity, I think, that the comedy gives the plot. Because there, there, there were there were a lot of things that would have gone wrong, or not maybe wrong is not the right word. There were a lot of things that would have been different if we would have had Attack of the Killer Spiders. Because I think it would have been like like a knockoff of Birds, basically. <laughs> Which I think at the end they were gonna do. Did you read that? Read what? Where um, at the end, after they had, you know, escaped the house and the, and the, uh, the general had died, the, which is like the king spider, and all the little ones started dying because, you know, whatever. Um, when, they, when, they, when they were outside the house in the yard, they were going to have a bird drop onto like the swing set and then another one. And then everybody starts to look up 
and then it just ends. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. So, uh, so, but they were just like, nah, let's just, let's not even, let's just keep it straight. Let's just keep it our movie. Let's not even do that. Let's not even veer into that territory. Um, Cause yeah, they, uh, they, they could have gone that route, but I'm glad they didn't because what I like about arachnophobia is aside from, you know, it, it takes like that classic, um, oh God, template of the, like the, the um, alien, life force or whatever being introduced to a small town community like it was giving very you know invasion of the body snatchers mm-hmm. um it was giving very um oh could i say the crazies because like a foreign mm, like an influence mm, no Mm-mm. no Mm-mm. um slither yeah or like this no i was gonna say the stuff but not the stuff yes yeah, i was thinking of the stuff but not the stuff but yeah slither um, even though so there came like uh, 16 years later, but hey, maybe it was inspired by arachnophobia. You, you never know. But um, yeah, it was very. I do like how it took that template, but I liked how it 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 kind of made its its own thing by having it be instead of an alien creature, like a real creature, like a a, a spider. And then um, I think the film really sticks out because of its uh, like the humor. Um, especially when it comes to like the small town stuff where the doctor is because I didn't know this I didn't it was like for me I'm just like I said I am I'm scared of spiders so this movie is very hard for me to watch and focus on but I did it for (laughs) y'all and I did it for this show because I care and so actually watching I got to see how really messed up um the the old doctor was uh dr sam metcalf how he is very high on his popularity he's he's prescribing people medicine that they don't even need just so they um can probably still come to him because after dr ross gets there um he meets with um i think her name was margaret and like he examines her and he feels like like you're you're as clean as a whistle you know you're fine you don't need these pills that he's describing you like they're the ones that mess you up and after she gets off them she says she feels like she can run a marathon and then he when dr metcalf finds out you know he he blows a gasket because he's just like you are messing with my patients you're messing with my system and basically you know you're messing with this popularity like he has a grip on this on the town um and he doesn't he doesn't want to give that up so he's very territorial um that's a hey that's it that's it um how the movie like um talks about territory like in terms of the spiders and in terms of like the human characters. What do you mean? Um, because the spiders, when they're introduced, um, their whole thing is they want to take over. They have to, they have to make sure the environment is okay for them. So they start eliminating threats, which are the humans. That's why the, you know, the spiders have branched out and they're starting to bite everyone. And with um, Dr. Ross having been introduced into the ecosystem of Dr. Sam Metcalf's, um, home and like influence and now he's like infiltrating that messing up dr sam views him as a threat that's one of the reasons why he doesn't want to retire early because he doesn't want to give up what he has and that's why when they when the when the patients start dying he refuses to have autopsies performed because he doesn't want he doesn't want Dr. Ross to be right because if Dr. Ross is right, that means he loses his his power, his standing. So it's like he is trying to um, force Dr. Ross out 
of that ecosystem by basically turning the town against him, which ends up causing his death because then he gets bit um, in the foot on a, on the on the, on his big toe by one of the spiders. So Are you talking about in the slipper? You can't just gloss over that scene. <laughs> That's like the most terrifying scene in the whole movie. I mean, to this day, you know, I be checking the shoes. Like, I don't have closed-toed slippers because of this movie. Like, what's up? Like, what's up? Is it gonna happen now? Or we? Because we can get like, I will. What's up? I will like let's shake the shoe out. I mean, it was this movie. It was um, Anaconda Hunt from the Blood Orchid with that scene, and it was another damn spider. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't. Where he was about to. He was about to put on his boot, and the guy was like, "Wait, hold up, don't do it." He took the boot, and he like banged the bottom of it. And this, this, this. They called the stone spider because if it bites you, you're paralyzed for like I think 24 hours. And so, what you? What the jungle? I'm not going. I'm not going. It's not happening. Tarzan can be there, but I won't go. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going there. Face. So, <laughs> like, I'm fine with finding my lumberjack in like the in like the woods. I, I think I can do the woods, but I can't do. I can't do the jungle. I'm not. I'm not built for tough for that. But yes, all the spiders in the in in the in the clothing, like the the shoes, the clothing. It was just too much. The the spider in the popcorn. They ate it. They ate it. And it and it crawled out of his oh girl I just see I can't but I think <laughs> <laughs> but I think something interesting to keep in mind is also the position and the timing of arachnophobia right because historically horror speaks to whatever society is going through right right so when we talk about nature attacking humanity in this way mm-hmm. there's usually a very specific reason for it. So in the 50s, it was because of the Cold War and everyone was afraid of a nuclear fallout. So, of course, what happens when the ground and the earth becomes radioactive? Bugs grow large. Because <laughs> I think that's how, what was the name of that movie? Um, tarantula by Jack Arnold. It was like in the early 50s. It was about this gigantic tarantula that was radioactive and started eating people. And then... <laughs> Um, there was another one that was like earth versus the spider. It was basically the same thing. Like it was a radioactive bug that's that, that like got big and started eating people. Let's talk about, um, I mean, not, not a spider, but Godzilla. Right. Same idea. Radioactivity, fallout from war. This thing becomes a giant creature and now starts killing people. And we transitioned from bugs. Like once, once the, the threat of like, war and nuclear war kind of passed Uh we went from bugs becoming larger to animals swarming which is how we got the birds the earth is rebelling girl (laughs) she's over it she's done and then we got other films in the same type of a spectrum jaws fits in there oh lord right and then like the fly and the nest it's all kind of in the same realm of um, radioactivity and fearing retribution from those things. So nature. Right. And the, the spider trope, this, this fear of these, of those specific bugs didn't really come back in an impactful way until arachnophobia in the nineties. And you have to wonder what was going on that, that, in 19 in the 90s that that 
film had such a pro- prolific effect on society that it scared people that much when when it was actually like you said it was written less as a horror film and more as like a genre melding comedy mystery situation thriller yeah yeah and it still is probably one of the most unsettling films to watch oh my god <laughs> so it's so unsettling like that that part um at the at the climax where um the spiders, they just, they start coming from everywhere. They're like all on the walls. They're on the TV. They start like, they start swarming. They start swarming. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of, there was a show on like uh, either the Discovery Channel or um, Animal Planet. I, it was like way, way back in like 2008, maybe 2010, 12, whatever. It was called like Infestation. And I think they were, their house was like infested with like uh, cockroaches. And I remember, I remember on the show, like they said, cause you know, it's shot in like documentary style where they'll, they'll do like the person talking and they'll go do it like a dramatization. Yeah. So I think they said they were like watching TV and like they you know, the couch and behind them, you know, the, the roaches start crawling at the wall. And like the guy said, it was like the wall came alive. Oh and God. I'm just like, girl, no. no no way so with this one it was just like they were everywhere and just like like i said once i'm studying this movie i'm actually getting it like when he was saying they were swarming and he's this is the assistant when he's saying like the let me stop saying the assistant the assistant has names i gotta get we got y'all give the assistants credit because the work that they do (laughs) this is coming from a assistant but and this is not me bragging or anything um but i'm just saying you know give give the assistants credit what are what is his name what was his name um oh chris collins there we go so when chris um he's like, they're swarming. I've never seen them behave so aggressive, but that was because little did they know they were right above the fuck, uh, the nest. <laughs> so it's like, oh, so the, the, the drones, the soldiers are protecting the nest. And this, you know what I realized, what I did not know, Mel, I was thinking that the spider like the the big one like you know the the big antagonist the one that he was having a battle with i thought the whole time that was like the queen tell me tell me that was the king that was the general that was the general so it was the it was a male spider who hitched a ride from venezuela to california it was a male spider who bit him it was the male spider who made it with the domesticated spider. I, I, I did not know that. I thought the whole time it was the queen because you usually hear it's a, you, queen tings, you know, that's what I thought it was. But. <laughs> but that's one of the other reasons why this, I think is so interesting because you're usually it is a very alien trope to where it is a, it is a female. The alien queen. Monster, Come on, right, let's get the alien xenomorph. Let's get into it. And you have to you have to wonder, right? Because I I feel like a lot of the times in in the films where the monster is feminine, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Barbara Creed, um, oh. we it takes longer for the for the <laughs> monster to be revealed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that with a male coded monster. He it's, was right there from the gate. And it's so, it's so fast. Everything happens so fast. And I'm just like, oh my God, like take, make a plan, take some time. <laughs> oh, you said the pacing was too much? It's, it would, no, I'm just like in, in relation to 
how male monsters are depicted versus how female monsters are depicted because Godzilla is the same way, right? The action happens so quickly very that there's very little buildup. And relentless. Right. It is It is just like, bang, 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 bang. And I'm just like, okay, all right, all right. You want to take over the world. I got you. I got you, brain. I hear you. But you're going to end up back in the cage. And it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he was like, he was um um the general like he was he was a he the whole time and i had no idea but that 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 was just crazy to me because oh my god like and then also the the how you said it flipped that i think it did the same thing between ross and molly because dr ross is the one with arachnophobia even his son inherited his arachnophobia meanwhile molly his wife and and his daughter they're like they're over here laughing at the boys cracking up like just like uh, she and she because the spider that um it wasn't the it wasn't the general um it wasn't it wasn't big g it was like this small i think it was the one that he ended up mating with because they they took she took it off the moving box and she put it into the barn and i think that's where the two had met yeah which is crazy because I'm just like, damn, you really just set in motion, whatever. But I just thought it was so cool how that was reversed where you would think that it would be Molly who would have the arachnophobia, Mm -hmm. but it's Dr. Ross. And like, I I really like how they, they flipped that. And I really loved hearing one of my favorite parts of the movie was um, where Jeff um, through like exposition, um, told how he got arachnophobia do you remember this yeah yeah because I'm, I'm telling you I, I never watched this movie closely enough to to hear any of that so it was like when i heard it, it was like watching a whole new movie because i had no i'm like oh wow so when he was two years old he was like in his crib um a spider crawled to the bars and like started climbing on his leg and he just froze he just like froze and i'm like listen honey i would have done the same thing I would like um, Petrificus Totalis. I can't move. It don't move. It don't move. Like I just You're ridiculous. <laughs> these references, they will come for you. But um, <laughs> it just so it climbed up his leg. It climbed all the way up to his face. And I'm I'm hoping at that point one of the parents walked in and rescued him. I don't know, but that's he's had that fear since he was two years old. And his wife was telling him to get rid of the fear. You have to like confront it head on, which he eventually does at the end of the movie when he fights you know, the general, but, and basically. Every time you say the general, I think of the car insurance commercials. I need you to stop referring to that spider as the general. I need you to get into Adobe Photoshop. I need you to (laughs) find a screen grab of the big spider in this movie, the general, and the actual general. I need you to Photoshop the general's mustache and his hat. Uh, to the spider. Yes, that could be our cover for this. It will not be the cover. <laughs> no. No. Oh my God! How does how does the jingle go? <laughs> oh my God! I gotta put the. Time I had to call. I gotta put the jingle in there. Oh my God! And then we can end it with like one of the hisses from the spider. Oh my God! When I tell you, I was so scared. Like, okay, it's not enough. It's not enough that these spiders are gigantic and angry looking, but you they hiss too. 
<laughs> they hissed yeah, too. They hiss. Of course they did. I can't. I can't take it. I can't do it. It just it reminded me of Fear Factor back in the day with the hissing cockroaches. I can't do this. Why are they hissing? Oh, they get stopped. So yes. Um, but yeah, he eventually got over his fear because he he fought with the general head on. And basically, what I really loved about that scene was the general reenacted. Hit what gave him arachnophobia by crawling up his leg and can we just talk about how antagonistic that was because the general would be like he'd pause and like stare at him and then he'd slowly resume like he was he was enjoying this smell like this <laughs> spider was like it knew he knew it was sentient it was smart it was like it, it, it knew it had feelings it, oh my god and it was like i'm gonna savor this i'm gonna get right up to that neck and i'm just gonna bite it like but you're gonna see me coming i was just again that was a very hard scene for me to get through because the camera would it, it would not stop focusing on the general and i'm just like can we not it's just it's too much and then but you know eventually you know he died but um he almost well, a died great car rate you can get online go to the general and save some time i remember his insert spider hiss here <laughs> so um can we just talk about how after he got thrown in the flames and we thought it was over he not only jumped back out but he ran right towards Dr. Ross and leapt up. Like, do, do you, I just, I, I can't, it was just so, it was so like, it was very, that was definitely a creature feature because that spider, it knew, it knew things. It was sentient. It was smart. You it said it knew things. It did. <laughs> it did. It knew things. It wanted to take over. And I just, it was very, I loved how they were like, they displayed the intelligence of the spider by all that stuff. But, um, cause I feel like we're rambling, but this, I don't know, this movie is. But I think to go back to what you were saying before our, our general break. <laughs> Sorry. y'all. Um, I think that it's, it's un, it's an unfortunate turn of events that in order to make this a comedy, they made it so that the man was the one who had the fear. Right. Because I feel like because that would be funny. We can right. laugh at that. Right. And that's very like, oh, uh, don't make a mockery of his vulnerability. Toxic masculinity. God damn know? it. But there's there's that because I wonder because like that it begs to reason that then if the wife would have been afraid of the spiders as women are perceived to be afraid of bugs right would it have been the more like attack of the killer spiders version of this movie that could have existed and why is it that you have to make fun of um a man's vulnerability in order for it to be a comedy thank you for coming to my TED talk <laughs> i mean several points were made i see that um i did I did enjoy the character of Ross. I did. I really did. Um, but yeah, looking at it with that, with that in mind, like uh, that kind of intersectionality. Yeah. That does that. Mm, Cause it's like, yeah, why does it have, cause the f movie did frame it as like, you know, kind of like a, a, a joke. Um, well at first, but in the serious moments though, like that scene where they're in Dr. Metcalf's house looking for one of the live spiders mm -hmm. um, and it, they find one cause it leaps at them from not, they hissed they jumped i can't but it left at them from behind a photograph and dr Hiss is like i need your help uh dr ross and trapping the spider and like the way ross was scared and like the tension in that scene like making you feel his fear 
I did like how they took his spirit seriously in that regard. But yeah, when I first talked about it, I just yeah, it was just like this funny, like, like <laughs> I forgot the character's name on the Simpsons, but like that, ha ha, you know, that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but no, girl, that's not funny. Like men, men can be scared of this shit because it is scary. Okay. It is. But men, men can be, men can be vulnerable. Men can be fearful of stuff. But yeah, but these these spiders were to be feared, though. Like they were a big threat. Like they were going to if they sprout any further. Because um, let's really get into, um, and I think this is actually like a, one of my top two scenes in the whole movie. Um, that again, I wasn't able to comprehend because I was so scared earlier. But I listened this time where they where they're in the morgue and they break down like the like what's going on with the spiders where you talk about um how it's drones like the soldiers how it's the general um how they start here and like this centralized thing but then they spread out like a web and they send out the drones in order to like um you know eliminate threats in like their ecosystem because they've been introduced to a new ecosystem and they want to take over so they spread out i thought that was so good because how scary it was because just like like really thinking about the implications because they said after that happens they're soon going through because these drone spiders they can't reproduce they they have a very short life cycle they die they're like a new hybrid but it's only a matter of time before the general and um his queen who who was made by inbreeding um they're going to soon reproduce um uh offspring that can reproduce that does have like sexual organs and they can do that and then after that happens it's just going to move to the next town and the next and then out like i was scared i was like it was it was giving very much the thing <laughs> where it's like um how long until worldwide domination yeah once yeah. it gets introduced to you know it's just like oh my we have to stop it here and now and just how how even though like their their spider just how serious it was in that scene was very scary and then how at the very end before you know he did the he did like the final shot in like one um the egg sack actually did hatch it and you could clearly see those spiders were different than the than the soldier drones yeah and just like the the fear that like the, the, of the of that possibility um but yeah just how they the movie really showed like how that ecosystem worked like how there's the system of the how it really is like a like um like a formation like how how it works and and that and, that, and that's not usual in um in um in in spiders where they have that like um they have a hive it's not like that. Yeah. So I, and I thought that was just, I thought that was a really, really cool detail. But, and I think one of the reasons that it works is because the whole idea of nature coming, like coming to attack you, I think, um, cause you know, man quote unquote has this idea that, that they have control over nature because of industrialization and like colonialization and like all of these other things. So the idea that something in nature is more powerful than you as a person and like specifically an animal, specifically a bug, I think is unsettling because it's like in theory, you know, I am man, hear me roar. I am conqueror. Um, and now a bug just bit you on the big toe and you died. Cause you underestimate it. Um, 
you underestimate nature and it's just like um it's like your own backyard is rebelling against you yeah mainly because you're mistreating it um and this was hinted at at the very beginning of the movie because um when dr um atherton like the entomologist and then um jerry the photographer are like going where they're going to find the butterflies they have to go down like you have to go very like deep to the point where like you need flashlights because it's so deep and like you're down there on the jungle floor and their guide who is like a native of where they are stops and is just like and says in like their native tongue you know this is as far as i go down there is just like you know i'm not what's I'm not- that movie i like where those white kids went in the temple after all them people said don't go in there the ruins yes they said don't go in there girl and you went in there and then you died <laughs> wait are we sure that was because i the thing the funny thing and this is why we're such kindred spirits was when i when he said when he stopped and said like this is as far as i go i really thought of the ruins but are we are we sure we're talking about the same movie yes with the vines? Yeah, we are talking about the same movie. Because in the book, in the book, and I think in the movie, but especially in the book, um, when the when their cab driver had seen on the map where they were trying to go, he said bad place. You know, and he, he was like anyway, and, he, and he's like, I can take you somewhere different, but like this this place is bad. This place is bad. And it's just like, girl, when the locals stop. And don't go any further. Or they tell you this is place is no good. Listen to them. They live there. You don't. Why would you like just call it off? Just call it off. Yeah, the ruins. Oh man, the ruins. Just damn. The like, ruins. And, but that goes back into this whole idea that we had touched on about like the, an alien figure because that is the first thing I thought about when they went down into basically like the center of the earth situation Mm -hmm. is that they went into the womb of the world and brought back something that they should not have found in the first place. And that's very alien where you went into a womb that you shouldn't have entered and brought out the children that should have been left where you should have never gone. And now the children, right. And now the children have come and they've come for you. They've come to eat you. (laughs) It's just, oh, go on. I was going to change the subject. Okay. I just, yeah, I just, I just really hope, I just really wish, you know, that in, in horror movies such as these, that when, when, when foreigners encounter the natives and they clearly tell them, Ayo, no, this, you don't want to go there. Like when they, when they clearly say, don't go in there, don't go in there. Just That's another podcast. Don't go in there, girl. Don't go in there. <laughs> like, don't go in there. But but you went and now you you done gotten eaten by flesh eating vines that, that are playing mind games with you. And then you brought back um killer spiders. So I just I can't help you. I don't I don't know. But what were you going to change the subject you said? I was just gonna say the, the, the last thing, and I saved this for last because you know I love a practical effect. Oh, here we go. And this movie had them all between, because you brought that up, that the the spider, did you say that, that they had to, like, they built, like, a robot version of it? For for some scenes they did, but um, mm-hmm. all the little ones were real. Um, the big one itself was real, but it was, because I bet you read about this, like, the way they, um, they, uh, they. Made it uh, look more menacing. 
that oh yeah because they painted uh, was they painted it like purple on yeah. it <laughs> they're like and it's like they, the the um body so it would look bigger yeah they're like wait a minute you know like big bob i just it's not giving what needs to be gave makeup make we, we need makeup <laughs> makeup come over here okay i think i think we need a bodice for so you bigger and then we need um I'm thinking red. No, purple. 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 purple we need, we need purple. Purple, as in like Prince Purple. We need purple. Let's put it on there. So yeah, they they made. But it's like they went through so much work to make sure that the spiders did not. Did no not... harm came to them. I'm telling right, you, because that that scene where John Goodman squishes the one. That wasn't real. It wasn't a real spider. They, no, it was. So there was a scene where there was a fake spider, and then there was another scene where they they carved a hole into the bottom oh, of yeah. his boot. Oh yeah, so it could like curl up, curl up, and get crushed. So <laughs> amazing. And then all of the foley that had to go through it to get that's those what, like that's crunching That's the word sounds. I was looking for. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. Those people was in there like that lady from Avatar stepping on chips and mustard packets to make all those noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But and, I, and it shows the care that went into making sure that this actually did come across like as real, realistic as yeah. possible. And it paid the freak off because, like I said, I am. Un- this is what this is why I said this is the difference between watching this and watching Eight Legged Freaks. Yeah, I mean, but I didn't, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Eight Legged Freaks was very Attack of the Killer Spiders. It definitely was. It <laughs> that needed was. to be sensational for all of those reasons yeah and um yeah it was uh but yeah like the the care they put into the spiders how they were getting they use like magnets to get them to move or um i what um like uh hair dryers yeah hair dryers i think that like very very thin wires that would vibrate so they, they couldn't be seen on camera to get them to move like all this like really really like practical really cool but like probably tedious is all hell stuff to do but it really paid off because it, that it was some scary stuff um, oh no apparently all those scenes with the spiders took hours took hours. oh yeah the one the one you were talking about with john goodman in the boot i think that took like 10 that was the last scene that they shot I think that took like 10 hours just for that, like that one minute shot. Yeah. Cause they had sent, they had sent all of the other cast home. Like everyone like, had wrapped and said their goodbyes. And John up. Goodman was there. Just getting hanging a hole out. Carved into his boot. <laughs> for 10 hours. <laughs> it's just, and like uh, the, the Jeff, the scene with, um, the scene with uh, Jeff and uh, fighting, you know, Big Bob. Yeah. That took, oh my God. I was reading that took for ever like he is he's under like this 250 pound wine uh shelf unit whatever and throwing bottles of wine at big bob but told specifically not to hit him like like throw it like not at him but like towards him toward in his direction there is one john if you hit the spider you'll never work again (laughs) (laughs) like they have a union like their agent (laughs) is here they're watching like their lawyer like listen don't do it what happened was though i read and i gotta link this when you post i gotta link it for y'all because it was so fun to read like fun facts but um he he didn't hit Big Bob, but one of the gl- one of the bottles of wine shattered close enough to Big Bob to where he got like soaked in wine. So they, you know what they did, Mel? They were like, okay, cut, cut. 
they took Big Bob to like basically, you know, his dressing room and they had to wait for him to dry off for them to be able to film again. Of course. Because the star was not Jeff Daniels, who we know from Dumb and Dumber and all that stuff. And Wonder Wonder. It was Big It was Big Bob. It was Big Bob. So there you go. That's um, so funny. Um, but yeah, the the practical effects, I think, really paid off. And just like the... Um, the it was the way the I would say like the kills happened were just very like uncomfortable because one happened when she was turned off the light it was in the lampshade one happened when it was in his house shoe the other happened when he put on his helmet like just places you wouldn't think to look yeah it's just it's very scary it, it's very uncomfortable and um I really like the again I really like how the dynamic between the Ross family encountering like the small town folk, because um, I feel like they really held their own. Like I wrote down some dialogue where um, the coach is talking about how um, his son is on the team and will probably go to college and all this stuff or, or get his position. And the wife was just like nepotism, huh? <laughs> and I, I laughed at that, but then the wife was like, actually we're Baptists. And, and I swear the wife's face was hilarious. Like watching, because again, I watched this as a child, but watch this as an adult, you get all the stuff. It was hilarious. And I really liked um, how, um, I think her name was Margaret, who was the first person who died, really got along well with the Rosses, um, was like the first person and wanted to give them the popular that uh, Dr. Metcalf had by like throwing them a party to get to know everyone because that's what happens in small towns. Um, yeah. Like they do, they do parties for like, and you know, everybody's invited. That's how you get to know everyone. And it's, if it's for a certain person, that's how you get to know who that person is like a, a like a new person, like new kid on the new family on the block. So let's throw a party. Let's get to know them. Everybody was there. They have to meet the new doctor. Um, and Dr. Metcalf the party wasn't thrown for him originally. He had thrown it for himself. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, again, the obsession with popularity. It was, it was very like, wow, I didn't, I didn't get that at first, but um, yeah, the movie was very, it's a, y'all, it's a very fun movie. If you're not afraid of spiders, if you are like me, um, I mean, it's still, it, it's a hard watch, but I mean, I, st- I enjoyed it. Um, the movie ends with them um, after, you know, the, the spider has been taken care of. They're like, you know what? fuck this let's move back to san fran so they moved back to san francisco and um there was like this line about stuff they can control and then there's an earthquake (laughs) (laughs) there's like there's an earthquake so they go to check on the kids and it starts up again knocking over the wine all this stuff but it was just one of those things where they can't control the spiders and they can't control the earthquakes but they're at least in an environment where they can handle the earthquakes. Yeah. Like they're more comfortable with that. They can't handle the spiders and I can't handle, I guess the small town politics and all that stuff. So um, I really enjoyed it. I really did like the ending. I thought it was really cute. Um, I'm glad that the assistant Chris lived. <laughs> um, I'm sad his boss went, but his boss was stupid. Like, why would you do that? Why would you? And let's talk about how these spiders are like freaking vampiric. Did I say that right? Vampiric or vampiric? Vampiric. Vampiric because oh boy in that casket when they opened it up was looking just like 
what's his name, was looking just like Bernard from The Mummy after Emotep <laughs> gave him the suck. <laughs> Shut up, Jared. Desiccated, desiccated, just drained of all the blood, looking ashy, just drained you away. This man ashy. Shut up. <laughs> Skinny, just all this stuff. He was just, he was gone. He was far gone. And, um, this good vocabulary because like desiccated means to be drained of blood and macerated means like chewed and cut. And I'm just like, hello, vocab. We love that. And how they wanted to, and how they wanted to quarantine the whole town. And I'm just like, oh, but this is the nineties. I don't know. I think the word quarantine has been like, oh, the past year. That's a lot, but yeah, y'all that was arachnophobia. Check it out. Um, check out that. <laughs> Oh God, I got to make this joke before we close out. But um, so, oh no, it wouldn't work because he wasn't a queen. He was the general. Damn it. I don't think I can say that because I was going to say, you know, that part where he left out the fire and jumped at him and then got shot with a nail gun into the egg sack and it blew up. I was going to say, you know, there was like this um, line from Family Guy where the clam was turned into like an English bar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they blew, and it like uh, so I think uh, Peter and his, and his friends set it on fire. And um, I haven't watched that guy in so long, but the the news reporter, I think her name is Trisha or something. Trisha Takanawa. Yes, thank you, Trisha Takanawa. Had held up um the, a picture of, I think like the queen, but it was on fire still, and she's like, check out that flaming queen. <laughs> <laughs> like it gives a new meaning a new meaning to check out that flaming queen and i felt like oh my god that's that's like the same thing here check out that flaming queen but it was it was a male spider it was a general it was not a queen so and just check out that flaming general does not have the same it just doesn't work it doesn't have so. the same je ne sais quoi. no so that was arachnophobia <laughs> y'all <laughs> so um any final curls before we close out um if you guys have a well maybe if you guys have a movie you want us to watch let us know well then till next time podcast people all right y'all have a good one <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>